Hello, and welcome to some Derps Talk About Games. I'm your co-host, Mango. And I am your co-host, Buddy. And today we're going to talk about what it means to be a game. But before we get into that, Buddy, why don't you tell the folks at home what this podcast is about? Well, it's pretty simple. Uh, we like to talk about games of all shapes and varieties. Speaking of varieties, we have just added a new variety to our diverse, diverse selection of tabletop games. Uh, yesterday was the first session of my Iron, or not Iron Gods, uh, my Hell's Rebels game, which is going to be starting up on a regular basis. Uh, I think Thursday nights is what we said, like, we locked in on uh, in the next couple of weeks. But uh, yeah, I guess the recap there was I've tinkered pretty extensively with the opening, and I, and I made a prison level so that everyone starts in prison because uh, you know the story of iron gods is the oppressive lawful evil dictator comes to town uh, and so i you know i wanted to i wanted to switch that up a little bit um all of the players started as criminals who have broken one of a myriad laws in Kintargo and they started in that prison and then of course uh the story of their uh escape i don't know how did you feel did you enjoy enjoy that first Lovely look at Hell's Rebels. Yeah, um, it, just just to note for the audience at home, it is Hell's Rebels. You call the Iron Gods again oh. um, at, at the beginning. Um, you know, that's not my fault. Yeah, except it is. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I thought <laughs> I thought it was su- I thought it was super fun. Um, my character got to do some stuff. Um, is becoming more and more painfully obvious that he will never do anything in combat. Yeah, he's pretty useless in combat. He was also really useless when getting out of that DC five strength it's check. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I literally, two I it's like maybe in a row. Yeah, I was literally in the shower, and I was like, I was in the shower, and I was thinking about it. I was just kind of like rehearsing myself through kind of the steps, and I just thought about it because I had read your character sheet and I saw that you gave your dude a seven, and I was like, you know, originally it was just a, by, a foregone conclusion that you could just rip out of the shackles when you enter the uh, altered state. Um, but uh, I, I was like, no, nah, I wanna, I wanna stick it to Mango a little bit, and and I made it a, a, a DC five strength check that he failed twice. <laughs> yep, not even like it's not even like a, it was a DC five, and I rolled once twice. It's not even like I could, I'm it <laughs> it's yeah, not even like I, I could burn inspiration to <laughs> to try and to try and solve that. But uh, yeah, but yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was a lot of fun actually. Um, I think that eventually we might come to a point where we might need to, I might need to do a little bit of adjustment just because I can already see kind of things start to form where it's like, well, I'm good at every skill check. Cause I have like something like 12 skill points. I think um, I just, I just have so much, so many skills and like every time something comes up, well, I can do that. And it's like, that might step on similar people's toes as to being able to do things. And then, you know, at, at the same time, let's be like, well, you get to do combat and I don't, so I get to do the skill check. So I, I think that might I, – I've yeah. kind of considered that when building the character out in the first place. Um, I'm hoping it won't be an issue, and I think it'll be at the very least something interesting to explore down the line. You know, I, I think at worst we can – like the, the character can get retired or murdered or something and can re-roll into something a little bit less specialized. Yeah, I, I wonder I, – I kind of wonder how that's going to play out in practice. I think it might – uh, warrant some like back end work almost uh, to fix, so to speak. But uh, I don't really know. You know, it's one of those yeah. things where it kind of goes, uh, it kind of goes both ways. Um, and I do think, you know, 
I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a thing to make sure that every like that people are relevant. You know, the the first session uh or the, I guess the second session will hypothetically be very uh, you know, super RP focus because it's literally, you know, sitting down and setting a roadmap of these are the goals. These are what we want. You know, this is how this is the structure, all of that stuff. And I think it's going to be time intensive. Right. I don't think we're going to be able to just like dive into adventuring um, because the rebellion mechanics uh, for managing your your organization are pretty extensive and like require that time. Um, and it's one of those things where, like, I want to make sure that Enoch, who's playing a very combat-focused character, doesn't doesn't necessarily tune out. Uh, not to pick on Enoch or anything, just to say that uh, you know his character is is much more focused on combat, as you know, seen by him like one-shotting three of those guys, four of those guys, maybe like with those charge attacks. Yeah, and and I I think I think personally I think I've got some answers for that. I think I'm going to try and maneuver the character more into. Type of type some types of battlefield control, kind of like um, uh, like a wooden wanderer kind of does sometimes. You should you should multi class into warlord, dude. Uh, <laughs> that's actually uh. <laughs> that's actually not a terrible idea, I don't think. But we'll 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 talk about that. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> um, uh. But yeah, so we 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 stormed out. We. Managed to take the right turn, I think, every time, just by pure chance. Yeah, there are a couple of different... I mean, in, in the tradition of ridiculously over-designed buddy dungeons, there were a couple of different routes uh, that you could have used to escape. Um, that one was... Uh, that one was actually my favorite route because it's so flashy. Like, not only do you escape, but you also sit every prisoner <laughs> in the vault free with you, which uh, which is obviously going to have some implications uh, socially in Kitargo. Um, oh, and uh, Oh, that's good to know. I So I kind of half expected that, like, you know, at some point it was going to be like, well, after they make three turns, they'll hit a staircase up type of deal. Um, and kind of like the, like, you know, like, adjusted railroad type of no i could i could straight up show you the entire i could straight up show you the entire map uh there were there were there was a level you because you went to the room with the staircase up you could have gone down you could have gone to the sub level and gone and explored in there uh it's an it's another thing because i plan on reusing the vault map like i don't want to i like i obviously don't want to like show it to you but you know maybe after the campaign is over kind of thing it's huge i went nuts with that thing Oh, yeah, but, it, you know, I, th- I thought it was a cool experience, like a cool way to do things like burn all the warrants in the attic. That way you can, uh, that way you can, uh, what is it, kind of abscond with your whatever. Yeah, um, that was, uh, well, it would have, that you're basically skipping out on a later mission, because uh, it was, if you escape without doing that, um, so to speak, like if you don't escape using that method, if you escape by some of the other things, you would have had to go back to it in order to make sure that you weren't going to be, you know, arrested by the Tatari kind of thing. Um, and that would have been its own, uh, its own session. But, yeah. you know, you took care of it on your own. Good job. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, you. I'm, I'm actually really <laughs> excited for like, um, just as people at home know, um, Buddy kind of let us just kind of build our characters and we're mandated to have like the, the deeper backstory stuff for the next time. And I, I actually kind of like this. I don't know if you did this intentionally or not, but I kind of like being able to kind of feel out some of the details of your character. And yeah, it's one hundred percent intentional. I, yeah. I feel the exact same way. Yeah, no, like I was, I was like last night. I was thinking as I, as I was going to sleep, was like, I'm gonna raise the pitch of my of my southern draw a little bit. That way, I seem a little bit lo- more lighthearted and a little bit less ominous. 
Um, <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Yeah, because I I was thinking about what I wanted to do with the character, um, and I kind of wanted to be a little bit more of a of a like a shyster or a kind artist, and a little bit less of kind of like a like an, an overlord type of you know like like I will regain my power type of deal. That, 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 yeah. That's kind of how I played him last night, and I kind of want him to. Uh, I kind of wanted to be a little bit more like a, uh, oh well, come down, y'all. Like, like maybe not that bad, but like you know, like you know, just, just a little bit more lighthearted. Um, yeah, I definitely, I definitely feel that. That is one hundred percent intentional. It's a, it, it's not a pet peeve because I think you know it's fine. It doesn't bug me or anything. But what always happens, like this is what happened with Kenzo. Uh, it's also happened with Kambe. Basically, all of my like hardcore characters. Um, I wrote out this giant backstory or whatever and, like, this personality and I had it all in my head. And then as I started getting into it, it a lot of that stuff kind of warped and, like, he, the character kind of, like, took on his – you know, for instance, I've talked about this before, but, like, I I make a special effort to, like, kind of stutter and be uh, obtuse, you know, because he's really low charisma. He's not a good talker. Uh, and so I like that that Kenzo is, you know, he's a foot-in-the-mouth kind of guy. But I don't really, you know, that's not stuff that I discovered in my backstory. You know, that's not stuff I put yeah. in my backstory. That's stuff, uh, or my character description or whatever. That's stuff uh, that I only kind of discovered as I was playing him. And so now, if I were to go back and reread it, you know, it just kind of... It it's a little bit the, – the personality on paper is a little bit different than what actually comes out in-game. So I like giving a little bit of time, you know, having having that uh, – to, to offset that uh, yeah. dissonance. I, I agree. Um, but I think I think how to play as, – as is the recurring theme on this podcast, I think um, different ways to play characters and whatnot is probably its own podcast at some point. Yeah, jeez, um, tell me about it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So before we get into the main topic, did you do anything uh, neat this week in video games? Uh, well, I have restarted. I have. St- I I have. This is probably this is my fourth playthrough of Mass Effect Two that I have just started. My favorite game of all time. Um, I just I just beat Mass Effect One on the PC. Which was, ironically, it actually held up way better than I thought it did. Uh, at first, it really kind of sucked, almost. And I was like, oh my god, this game is so bad compared to the other ones. But then as I got, you know, as I got into it more, and as I, as I like, rediscovered my old kind of, like, mental... You know, like the the like the unused Mass Effect synapses started firing. Uh, I was actually totally with it. You know, like by the, the you know like the back half of playing that game, um, and now I'm you know I'm now I'm kind of halfway through Mass Effect Two, and I just I love that game so fucking much, dude. It's so fucking good. Uh, one of the things I'm really noticing on uh, as a PC player compared to a console player is uh, a huge difference in how I play the game based on mouse and keyboard because mouse and keyboard has more, uh, you know, like quick slots. I'm much more ability focused than I was. Whereas on the console, I'm a lot more kind of cover movement shooter focused because there just aren't as many face buttons to map to my squad's powers. Um, So I'm doing a lot more things where like, you know, I'm bringing on, uh, very complimentary uh, uh, squad members so that I could use their... You know, I do this I, I do this commonly with, uh, you know, the two squad members, Miranda and Jack, 
Uh, Jack has pull, which will suspend an enemy in midair, and Miranda has warp. And if you apply warp to a uh, a target that's affected by a biotic field, it will explode and do a whole bunch of damage or whatever. So I can just clear, you know, like low level enemies by having Jack warp or Jack pull and Miranda warp, and it explodes and knocks everybody back. And then I'm playing a vanguard, so I get to biotic charge into the fray, you know, with a shotgun and just clean everybody up while they're, you know, getting back on their feet kind of thing and that's that that style of gameplay is very alien compared to what it was like playing it on the console which is uh you know much more it, it was much p- more personal and selfish kind of about you uh you know about you maneuvering and shooting because the 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 downside to playing on the pc is that third person shooters are very clunky and movement across the map is not good compared to the joysticks Interesting. No, I, I, hmm. uh, I was thinking at some point of replaying the Mass Effect stuff, and I was going to do that with the controller. So, um, and I played them originally with uh, with with the keypad. So maybe I'll have some thoughts to share from the opposite perspective. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. You. I mean, I would have used the controller. You just they. they you can't. They're. Oh really? Uh, yeah. The PC port doesn't have. I, I think this is kind of before we got like the influx of uh, Xbox three hundred and sixty. You know, uh, like, okay. controllers used as part of PC. I can do it with Dragon Age Inquisition, for instance, uh, and I, I, I did it with Dragon Age Inquisition, but, um, All right, yeah. well, maybe then I won't have those thoughts to share, because, uh, unless I can come up with a way to, to force it to, which I might be able to, but that's, that's, that's for another time. Um, but yeah, for, for my week in video games, um, I played through Metal Slug X, which was a half hour of... So, like, are you familiar with Metal Slug at all, buddy? The Metal yep. Slug game? Yeah, I know. I know the Metal Slug games quite well. well. Um, and it is. It's uh, it was kind of. It was a fun romp, and I died a bunch, and I realized that that game is very, very short. It really just meant to kind of pull quarters out of you. It was still fun. <laughs> That's um, how I feel about all the Metal Slug games. There used to be one at a uh, at a movie theater that we would always go play when I was a kid. Um, yeah, like that, and you know, Time Crisis Four and stuff. Yep, yeah, no, that but you know it was a good it was a good half hour. It was a good you know it was like a dollar on Steam. So, um, I also played a little bit of Mac Pixel just because it was sitting in my Steam library and I hadn't played it yet. It's okay. <laughs> that's that's as much as I'm gonna like. Did I really have nothing else to say about it other than it's okay? Fair uh, enough. And the only other thing I wanted to talk, touch on is um, I tried to play a little bit of Warhammer End Times uh, Vermintide. Oh really? Um, yeah. How did you like that? Um. So it didn't run particularly well, so I only played like one mission. But it feels kind of like a fantasy version of Left for Dead or something like that. Um and I'm actually- I yeah, I'm a huge fan of those uh, of those types of games. Mass Effect 3's multiplayer is though I've played hours and hours and hours of the Mass Effect 3 multiplayer, which is very similar. Huh. Interesting because I I would love to play this game. Maybe we can get the other guys who play uh Mass Effect three to maybe get get Vermintide. Yeah, man, I am. I, I will get. I will go. I will go deep on yeah. Vermintide because I, I, I you know, I'm kind of excited to to play that with other people and play it on a system that isn't a laptop that can handle it. Um, <laughs> the only other thing to mention, I think, is that um, in my quest to kind of sate my MMO thirst but get away from tab targeting because it's a system I really don't like, I downloaded and tried like six or seven different. Um, MMOs. Um, wow, jeez. Uh, and like, the first one I was going to try was Terra, 
and then I booted it up and I discovered that the gunner class is only available to female avatars, which bothers me. And so I immediately uninstalled it. Um, <laughs> That's good. <laughs> uh, and you know, no, like that game's supposed to be very good and nothing is, I just, I don't like playing across gender avatars. You know, if you do more power to you, it's just not my thing. And I really wanted to play a gunner class, so I downloaded... Uh, the one I ended up playing a little bit more of is C9, Continent of the Ninth Seal. Um, and that it, it seems cool, but again, my laptop just isn't really good enough to kind of dig into it. But what it's got me pumped for is uh, Black Desert, which is coming out at some point. What uh, specifically do you have against tab targeting um, it, it feels uninteractive to me. Um maybe not maybe uninteractive isn't isn't the right word but like it feels like it feels very mechanical and less about like it, it feels like there's less personal skill involved and the skill is all about like you know group positioning and and like you know flawlessness of execution which sometimes i like but I just, it just doesn't appeal to me in MMOs because there's, you know, the way you do it in MMOs is usually you have one guy sh- calling shots and everybody is kind of like mashing their, their rotation. Like, I don't like rotations as kind of a concept. I feel like it's kind of like not my favorite. Like, I, I just don't like how that plays out in practice. I not feel like you're I find it, I find it amazingly amusing it. because I think of rotations as being the exact kind of, uh, like, like pursuing a mastery in rotations is a lot like pursuing a mastery in, um, you know, like a platformer, like Super Meat Boy kind of thing, right? Where it's like, you know, the the mechanics are very straightforward, but the the context of the, like the the second to second situation changes it up, and so it's like the the tension I feel like with rotations uh, is how can I continue to get off my optimal rotation while dodging all of these hazards and playing the inca- you're playing the the situation right at the same time I'm playing my character right I think that tension is what makes rotations work uh for me I guess okay I I, I think I could see that I think for me the issue is the reason I really like platformers and not kind of this style is that um the the you know the the, the execution uh, kind of margins are never tight enough for me to be like you know it's not like with a platformer it's like especially a super hard one like a super meat boy you need you have like very small margins for error um and the other part of that is when you fail you get like high repetitions and for me like the kind of margins over the whole fight for an mmo are a little bit too wide for me to feel really kind of pressured by it maybe i just haven't played at a high enough level and that's part of it but um and also i just don't think it's repeatable like i think having to play like you know having to do like three or four attempts to to down a boss in a raid is a slog and you you know and it's it's disliked i think for good reason um having to you know for a platform uh, very difficult platform where like you get something like 50 or 60 different kind of iterations on, on the really tough levels and that doesn't feel bad to me um yeah i, I don't th- i don't think that the, it can be as it could be super tight though because it's based on like the team sure yeah no so, I, I, yeah i don't know no, i have, I, I have I, feelings I, about it yeah I'm, um, I'm not saying that it's wrong right like i'm just saying i don't like i don't think it can be tight i think you're absolutely right that it has to be a little bit looser and that's why it doesn't appeal to me as much 
Yeah, um, yeah, I feel that. And these kind of over like these kind of reticle targeting systems that are that are becoming more popular, I think appeal more to me because um it feels a little bit more like a fighting game, a little bit more moment to moment and like well at at the end of the day I think it's still like I think very similar to a rotation in in some ways. It's you know, a little bit more than just hitting the keys in the right order. Um, which is what a lot of tab targeting based things feel, feel like to me. Um, but uh, unless you really want to dig into that anymore, I think it's about time. No, to yeah, to I, our, yeah. Uh, I, I was just wondering, I suppose. Uh, yes, our beautiful main topic, my favorite kinds of topics. I love talking like philosophically about, you know, game stuff. Um, so I'm just going to start by saying that I think a word by word definition is stupid. I think it's it, this is the trap that people fall into is people want to create like a hard-nosed definition, right? That they can, you know, they can put it I, I put it on a stake in a mountain and, you know, that like that's their hill to die on. This this, you know, word word for word definition and uh I I just think that's a trap. It's like try, you know, like like you know what a game is right and you know what you think a, a, a game is and uh i think letting your uh kind of like letting letting it be abstract is the optimal way to talk about this stuff because otherwise it just becomes like a pedantic slog of you know bringing up stupid counterexamples constantly um which sucks it just that just sucks <laughs> um yeah i i agree I think I think the trap though is, I, I think the reason that we that it's so easy to fall into that trap is things like, well, you have these very kind of um, heartbreak points for some people. Like like uh, a couple weeks ago, I think uh, Mark, um, you know, said said something along the lines of this is a hot topic for a lot of people is like our games that are, to paraphrase our our games that are in the kind of the category of walking simulator are they games? And I think it's kind of the the way to the easy way to fall into the trap is to say yes or no and then someone says why and then you try and kind of like craft a definition to include those things but exclude yeah oh my god it's such a fucking pain Um, i mean that said i actually do have you know like i have the other thing is like i have my personal definition or whatever but it's not rock solid and i understand that it's not rock solid uh and it fits into kind of the broader it, it, it fits into my broader like universe canon of media theory in general that extends to film and comic books and television and everything like that um but uh yeah i just like trying to trying to nail it down trying to like argue it trying to prove that somebody else's definition of a game is wrong is uh is a huge trap to fall into uh i kind of feel it's like trying to define art have you ever tried to do that uh it's no. always impossible. It's always impossible. Right. Like you, because you know, like the, the and like the dictionary definitions are all terrible. It's like, oh, something that is aesthetically pleasing, and it's like, yeah, well, okay, sh- uh, oh, that. Oops. Yeah, you know what I mean, exactly, right? Like, how does that count? How does that count as as uh, as art or whatever? Uh, and you know, you could bring it up. You know, this is kind of this kind of comes into the thing I referenced, uh, I guess, last week, which was games as art and games as sport. Right, it's aesthetically pleasing to watch a really awesome catch in football. Right, like to see sure. a super, you know what I mean. But like, is that art? I don't really think so. You know, that's of course that's not art to me. Right, um, 
But but at the same time, you know, as soon as I I say that, it's like, well, okay, how about a dance competition? Oh, that's, of course, you know, like, where are these lines? These lines, they don't exist. They're stupid. It's just, it's it's kind of crazy to get into the nitty gritty there. And I think that it's really just, you know, people, you know, people have got philosophy. Hey, man, just be hippies about it. And everybody has their own philosophy. And that's cool. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, but I, I think we're, we're going to at least try and talk around this, this Sisyphean task, right? Maybe roll the boulder around the hill on a circuit instead of up it. But, you know, it's, 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 it's a tough, it's a tough thing to do. Like I said, because I, I do think I see the arguments for people who say like, well, well, a walking simulator doesn't constitute like, you know, like something like gone home doesn't constitute a game because you don't really do any, like, you know, like you just kind of are are you know controlling a uh, a body as it goes through the story um and and does that really qualify enough for a game or should it be categorized as something as something separate and should we recognize them as the kind of the same things and then like you can see the other other pieces brought into this like something like uh the the game i recommended last week in um uh her story where like you know i can i can definitely kind of look at it and be like well there's this kind of like guessing mechanic where you're trying to figure out what the different like what the different tags are and it's not really like, you know, like, uh, there's no way to lose that game. Um, and, you know, as the, you know, and when you win that game is kind of, you know, kind of arbitrary too. Like, yes, you can access all the different files, but you'll probably figure out what the, what the whole story is before that. And the same, in the same kind of way, like, you know, have, have you won a game when you beat the final boss or is it when you get 100% completion, um, I just think these these things are kind of like hard hard to define, but I think worthwhile to talk about. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I also think that it gets interesting in the nitty gritty. Um, we'll probably open up a can of worms as I get into this, but there's the uh, there's kind of this concept, and I see it's it's been universally. Uh, like like repulsed by academia at this point um because i do kind of in a tertiary sense follow games academics and like hard hardcore game critics uh and stuff like that who uh have been thinking around some of these problems or whatever and basically what happened from a history perspective is um these two terms kind of arose in opposition to one another ironically but they're not, uh, which is narratology and ludology, right? And this idea that, you know, uh, ludologists look at... Uh, ludologists kind of combine, um, you know, like r- like rules and systems of games from an, from an anthropological perspective and a, sociolo- a sociologist's perspective and a historical perspective and, uh, you know, an, an economist's perspective into a ludologist's perspective, right? Uh, and narratologists do the same thing, but, you know, from uh, kind of the literary perspective and, you know, just all of that other stuff, right? And somehow they kind of, these words kind of got, like, in the, in the eternal game of telephone that is the internet, they got, like, 
coalesced down somehow into opposing ideologies, right? Like you're either a ludologist and you say that games are about gameplay fundamentally and everything else is secondary, or you're a narratologist and you say that games are about narrative fundamentally and everything else is, uh, you know, secondary or immaterial or whatever. But that debate actually never happened from an academic perspective where like the terms came from, right? Um, the, they just they're just terms that arose at about the same time that you know uh kind of keyboard warriors on neogaf and 4chan co-opted to for their own for their own devices um i don't know if you want to respond no, i don't know that. if i really have anything to respond <laughs> to that with um just kind of you know, the only thing I, I would put out there is is, is just to, to be clear uh ludo that that kind of root ludo is 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 like to from the latin to play right something like that yeah yep um and so just just to be clear on terms for our audience uh anything that begins with that kind of ludo prefix is is about kind of like the mechanics of the game as opposed to the the story elements or the i don't know which is kind of the thing at play here right narratology versus ludology um yeah uh, uh, to be honest, I think I think this the the singular thing that brought that debate to the forefront is literally the term ludonarrative dissonance. dissonance. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know I kind of hate ludonarrative dissonance. Really gets a bad rap in you know like gamer culture and stuff. Uh, but I do think it's a really useful term. Like I, it's something that I think about and that I and that I use proactively. Uh, but like it's kind of it's become a meme almost where like I find myself explaining the concept of ludonarrative dif- dissonance in other words because i don't want to bring up they, they it just has so much baggage that i never want to bring it up yeah no it's it's i mean i think it's i think it's an interesting thing to t- talk about maybe again for another podcast uh <coughs> about when the narrative dissonance is okay and when it's when it's not um but i think that it's it's it I think for the better, it's it's kind of kind of in, introduced these ideas to people and given them a way to talk about it, without kind of being like, well, the gamey parts or the story parts, and like kind of talk about it in a little bit more in, in a way that kind of uh, I don't know give, gives it, lends it a little bit more weight, I guess, in an academic sense because um, it uses fancy words. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Do you uh so if I were to if I were to uh if 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 I were to ask you whether games or story is more important, you would what would you say? I would probably say that I would probably the game say player story. If if you if you absolutely held a gun to my head and made me say um games or story, I would say generally game. Uh generally gameplay. Um, see, this is an interesting. This is an interesting thing, kind of from my perspective. Why? Why do you say that? Um, well, first, I'd like to preface by saying that the answer is is actually it depends. But if you're making me choose, I'm choosing gameplay because I think that's something that's unique and inherent to a game, and therefore, like, like you can tell a story in a variety of mediums, um, and that kind of like, and if, if you're just kind of telling a story using kind of like it's specific to video games right like you're kind of just playing a movie with a weird camera um whereas i think gameplay is is the thing that really brings the medium to life 
Um, so, wow, geez, that is I, – man, I really disagree with that. So you think – so, okay, fundamentally, uh, games that are – or uh, stories in games, um, are there stories in games that you feel like could just be, like, copy-pasted out to other media? Um, I think – I think so, yeah. Okay. Are the best stories in games – stories that can be copy pasted out to other media um no so that's what i think this is where I, this is like the kind of the foundation of my thing um i think it's a little bit of a trap to have that line of thinking right that because gameplay is unique to games uh so to speak it makes this it kind of devalues that story half in comparison almost um whereas i you know yeah, I agree that narratives exist in dozens of media, but the kind of narrative that you have in a book is fundamental. Like, a good narrative in a book is different than a good narrative in a game, is different than a good narrative in a movie, because those media are specifically suited towards, uh, you know, specific narratives, uh, almost, right? And the, the way you structure your story, the way you have your characters, the way you do this, that, and the other thing, you know, they all they all focus in and highlight and downplay certain aspects of that narrative that require changing, right? This is why adaptations are, you know, adaptations. Um, and that that kind of forgives the whole thing from my perspective. I also think of, and you've, you've taken issue to this before, but I also think of as gameplay as being fundamentally pretty similar to things like cinematography or, uh, or like Maze on Center editing or something like that. See, I, I think it's, I, I think it, it's, it's more important than those things. Cause like, I think that the, that those stories that are the best stories in video games are only as good as they are because the gameplay kind of backs them up in that way and makes, it makes them kind of realized that way. And I don't, I don't think that those stories would be the Oof. best stories they could be without the gameplay behind them. I think if they were right, games, but I don't think you wouldn't, you wouldn't want them. Sure, but I don't think that you know the the best movies of all time are going to be the best movies of all time without their great cinematography or their great editing or their great you know whatever. Uh, the thing that I think is interesting about this is I don't think kind of layman quote unquote uh, you know viewers think about cinematography or think about editing in the same way that layman gamers think about gameplay right like gameplay sure. like because so i you know i've seen the other half of this being a you know i i took film classes i know like hardcore film people that are insufferable but you know the kinds of people that say stuff like oh you know like narrative is such a crutch for films man the only real films man are like like experimental thing it's a you know it's a 30 second thing and it has no characters it's just a hand washing a car for 30 seconds you know like these are the kinds of like art house you know like uh things that's just cinematography there's no story there in the same way that tetris is just gameplay uh there's very little story there um and uh, where, in one see, sense, see, I, that's I, been I, confined I, I wanna... to art house, and in the other sense, it's bit, it's like mainstream. See, uh, th that's kind of what I want to pause you there. Sorry, sorry for interrupting you, but it's like, you know, your average person isn't going to look at a a video of a hand washing car for thirty seconds and be like, "Well, that was worth my time." But the average person can look at like a, a game of Tetris and be like, "This is this is something. This is fun. This is this is something that's engaging, and this is something that really kind of, you know." is a a game right like it, it's 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 something that like speaks to 
what it is to play a game, right? Like cinema, like a pure cinematography movie does not really, in my opinion, speak to what is a movie, but a pure gameplay game does that, right? Like to use an example from last week, Rocket League, right? That game has no narrative. It's 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 game as sport in its in, in one of its you know more pure forms. Um and you can come into that and you can see why that game kind of why, why that kind of stands on its own as a pure gameplay um piece rather than um and I don't think you can do that with, with your kind of um aligned elements from other other narratives right like you can't have a book that's just all like nice typeface and just random letters um you know the typeface is is you know part of the book you know like uh in some cases more important than others or like the pages it's printed on all that kind of stuff um are important but they don't stand on their own where i think gameplay is unique in that it does stand on its own uh, as opposed to as opposed to those other elements. Oof, I 100% disagree with this. Mostly just from a like historical perspective. I think socially we're conditioned to you know what I mean. Like we we've kind of just ingrained developed uh, because so okay. Just to backtrack this a little bit, games are have not been around for 50 years, right? Games have sure. been around for thousands of years. And even before video games existed, right, tag existed and baseball exi- – you know what I mean? And all that kind of stuff. So, underst- yeah. so we've been, as a society, for thousands of years conditioned to understand games and gameplay, right? But cinematography, on the other hand, is – cinematography doesn't exist in a, in a world without uh, – uh, you know, in a world without a photograph, right? So it hasn't existed for more than for I guess it has existed for more than a hundred years at this point, right? But um, and maybe if you want to talk about composition, right? Composition existed in portraits and stuff from the Middle Ages and fine art and everything like that. That's also kind of a piece of this. Uh, but I, I think it's entirely sociological uh, in that, like, there is a hypothetical Earth where we never played games, um, but you know, like photo, like photography has been with the society for 2000 years. And people are talking about like these, you know, ridiculous cinema, cinema, uh, entirely cinematic experiences in the same way that we're talking about like games, uh, games today. I don't think there's anything more inherently accessible or inaccessible about it. Just like intrinsically, like fundamental to the medium. It's fundamental to the society. I, I think that's untrue. I don't think there exists a world where we haven't played games for thousands of years. I think there's just kind of like how people like work, right? Like this this is going to get a little bit more deep than I thought that I thought it was, but like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, watch out unwise index. We can do super deep shit. <laughs> but, um, I just think that like 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 part of like part of being a person is kind of like this 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 kind of drive to amusement in some way and like playing like I I think I can't imagine, or I, I just don't think it's realistic to, to imagine a world where nobody's played games. Like, that's just kind of a weird kind of concept to kind of wrap your head around, right? Like a, Yeah, no, I, I do agree that it is certainly super, but, super out there. The point I'm trying to make, by the way, overall, I mean, I'm, I'm proving it in a very backwards manner, but the point I'm trying to make overall is that I don't think that uh, either cinematography or gameplay or story are more intrinsic Necess- like that, then and you know, than anything else, right? Sure. And that, like, 
value like to go back i i 100 agree with the way that you originally answered this was like well it depends right um i think the original bioshock had a great narrative and it had great gameplay and those two things kind of you know they did the fusion dance and they combined into be you know to, to to be a great game right and i think the walking dead had a great narrative and it had ridiculously you know simple straightforward un uncomplex gameplay but those two things really combined and they did the fusion dance to make a great game in the same way that i think league of legends uh you know it has very 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 little story and the story that is there is fucking garbage <laughs> um but the gameplay is super solid right and those things combined to make to make a great game and i imagine sure. that's a statement that you would agree with i i would but i, I think the thing an important thing to point out there is that while the gameplay in The Walking Dead is very, very simple, it's still pretty solid for what it is, right? Like, we can talk about the difference, like, in terms of design versus technical execution as well, right? Like, um, uh, there was uh, one of the mech games for the Kinect, right? Like, straight up just doesn't work, right? And that game could have the best story of all time, but I would never know because no one could get past the first mission, because the connect didn't work. Sure, I'm not really. I guess I'm not really saying. You know, I don't think the the gameplay in The Walking Dead is bad. Really, what I mean to say is like, um, uh, geez, let me think. Um, it's it's it's. It's simple. It's uncomplex. I think. I think as as humans, we we strive for complexity, right? And the best game of all time will be will be one that is like perfectly complex, but also accessible. You know, like a very weird. You know, conciliation of things that like it is super, super deep, but not ridiculously convoluted and complicated to like mine that depth, so to speak. Um, and you can get you can like get to great status with super simple story or super simple gameplay, right? This is how you know civilization makes it up there in my sure. book right there's really not all that much i mean there is a little bit of story to that game uh in in a kind of create your own narrative sense um but at the end of the day that game is just a bag of mechanics and its wealth of mechanics is what makes it great and the appropriateness of that story to that to those mechanics is what makes it great and the inappropriateness for instance in uh, Bioshock Infinite is like a great go-to example of this. The inappropriateness of those mechanics to that story is something that holds Bioshock Infinite back from that uh, from that 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 point. Sure. Um, I mean, the the only thing I the, the only thing I'd kind of respond to that with is that I, I think this is like again something that that kind of makes gameplay special and important in my eyes is that a a a good game can have good story and simple mechanics um, and, you know, or, or great mechanics and no story. But I don't think that kind of balance exists in, in other mediums, right? Like, I don't, like I said, I, I don't think you can have great, like, I, this is just going to wrap back to the argument we had about, like, the fundamentalness of, of gameplay, but th th that's just something I, th I thought that. Well, so maybe, so maybe cinematography isn't, isn't like a great example of this, but acting is right. You know, like I think that there are great movies that are, that have simple, straightforward stories, but are elevated by wonderful performances from actors. Right. 
Um, and that that's something that propels them into that into that great status, right? I mean, I, I think the same thing is true for cinematography, right? Uh, this is, I mean, all 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 of you film film nerds out there, I just I want you to appreciate this reference I'm making. There is a movie by a Hong Kong director named Wong Kar Wai called In the Mood for Love. And the story isn't, you know, the, the story is pretty straightforward. It's uh, two people find out that their respective spouses are cheating on them with the other, and they strike up a friendship out of that. Uh, and you know, the, the story is super straightforward. They kind of meet, they become friends, normal stuff, right? Um, and it does nothing special with its editing. It does nothing special. It's not like these are great powerhouse performances or whatever or anything like that. But the cinematography in that movie is so fucking good. It's ridiculous how good. the. It's ridiculous how good Wong Kar. It is straight up the best shot movie I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, and that that's what propels it into great status for me. If it didn't have that cinematography, it, if it had craftsman cinematography, like, you know... Half of the guys directing, and you know, Colin Trevorrow, who just directed Jurassic World. This guy isn't a cinema, you know, he doesn't. He he just shoots for clarity and nothing else. Um, that if he directed that movie, it would have been just okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean the, the counter to that would be like, is there is there a movie where like, you know, like if we take that movie, I mean, you know, you said that they were all kind of like like. I don't. I don't even want to put words in your mouth, but like you, the, is, is "average" a fair word to use for the their like the performance and the and the story? Sure, sure, yeah, yeah. Um, like, is if the acting had been like you know, I like a boob, and the female said, "I like dicks," would 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 the cinematography cinematography have still propelled it to greatness? Would like that still have been able to 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 kind of save it? Uh, yeah, but I feel like I, like, I, I, th that would have been bad. Yes, but th 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 that's my point, right? Like, like, like you said, League of Legends has bad story, but it's a pretty great game because it's, it's focused on sport. Um, and, and maybe, maybe this, this kind of art versus sport argument is, is kind of, it feels kind of like that's, that's kind of where we're dividing That's on. true. I do, I definitely do think, I think League of Legends is terrible art and it's spectacular sport. I, I think, I think this is actually kind of the, the, the crux of, of this kind of argument, right? Like, you can't have movies as sport. You can't have books as, like, you know, now I'm imagining people throwing books at each other. But that's right, but you can have books and movies as other stuff. You can have movie as educational tool to teach my, you know, minimum wage employees how to do whatever, right? And that's not, that's not art. That's an instructional video. You know, a workout video is the same medium no. as The Godfather, right? But it's right, not but art. No, I think my, my, my deeper point here is not is not necessarily that, like, I don't think that anybody, you know, as educate like any of the alternate forms for any like of any of the alternate forms for for these other entertainment mediums ever kind of get put up against um their their art form, right? Like I just I just don't think that ever happens because no one ever would, you know, who if you said, you know, the greatest book in the in the world is like, you know, knots and how to tie them, right? Like no one's gonna. Everybody's gonna kind of look. At I think sideways. somebody could. Yeah, right. But I think somebody could say that a memoir or or a history book or just a nonfiction book of whatever variety. You know, I'm sure people would put encyclopedias and 
you know, the Webster Dictionary up there, even though those don't have narratives. They're not... And I don't think those are art, right? I don't think an, an encyclopedia is art in the same way I don't really think, you know, Rocket League is art. Right, but I, I just don't think people, like... I, I think this kind of, you know, the, 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 the kind of onus for this discussion is I don't think people... Like, you know, if, if you were to make the argument that, like, the dictionary is the greatest book ever written, somebody might be like, ah, that's very clever, buddy. But they wouldn't kind of, like, take that as kind of, like, like you wouldn't have, like, a wave of people being like, dictionary! And a wave of people being like, Shakespeare! <laughs> but I think that that's what kind of happens in games. You have a wave of people being like, Rocket League! And a wave of people being like, Undertale! Or, you know... So, I, I think this also, uh, this comes down to... A sociological thing which is that um aside from kind of books as as art right uh you don't really have books as of like there's no other category of books as amusement and maybe this is what like kind of what you're getting yeah, at right yeah, I think game I think as sport right. and game as art are both game as amusement yeah. entertainment or sure. whatever right but there really is there's kind of no parallel when it comes to uh when it comes to movies or when it comes to books or whatever uh but yeah i mean i don't really think that that makes it anything i don't really think that makes it anything special in the same way that i don't really think that like you know the presence of cinematography makes uh makes you know what i mean like that that doesn't make movies special in comparison to books or in comparison you know the fact that tv is chopped up right like what's the difference between film and tv well one is is uh serialized and its great form is meant to be digested in longer amounts of time than an hour and a half to three hours you know that's that's fine that doesn't bug me you know what i mean yeah i my 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 point there is i think that this is kind of like this fundamental divide that that people follow along right like that that the, the reason this discussion even exists is is that there are these two these two camps that kind of i don't i just don't kind of like think along these lines and i and i think people in both camps are, are very guilty of, of kind of not wanting to like like you know like i think i think this all kind of starts from kind of like this very gut feeling right like if you know if you know i had never had this conversation with you you before and you kind of like jumped out of a bush on the street and said what's the most important part of a game and i, I would be like, <laughs> game right like that's like yeah, that, yeah. that's kind of like my very gut reaction right and i, I think that um I think that a lot that there's that you know some people would be like gameplay and some people would be like story or you know like the, the people that just kind of like think in these these kinds of ways, um, and I think that's kind of or or maybe even just just to kind of uh, explore like kind of the the the, the fandom a little bit um, is some is is you know maybe you jump out on the sidewalk and you say what's the most important part of games and i say gameplay and you're like no you're wrong it's story and then people just start yelling at each other um yeah this is by the way this is exactly what the ludo or ludo ludology versus narratology like a non-debate is yeah actually it funny funnily enough one of the guys who coined the term i think he coined the term ludology may put out a paper five years later in 2004 where he was like and it's called i think it's called like ludology and the debate that never happened where he literally explains that no one has ever fought about this right it's literally just 
perspectives well, on it's it's literally just you know people people who have a perspective who have a specific focus academically right they they focus their perspective on that in the same way that like a sociologist looks at you know ancient egypt in a different way than an anthropologist in a different way than an archaeologist in a different way than a historian right um you have you have a, a ludologist looking at a game and you have a narratologist looking at a game Right. Um, right. No, I, I think. Yeah, people, I, I, I do agree, though. People go fucking. I also think that this is just uh, an outgrowth of gamers being uh, kind of naturally competitive and naturally yeah. uh, kind of. I don't remember if it's right or left brained, but naturally very analytically brained, right? And so there's a lot of, like, I think that movies are allowed to be wishy washy because. They're almost seen as creative, uh, and for and for theater kids to kind of like co-opt one of our other terms. Uh, whereas games are for Captain Crunches, and so like they ha- you know they have to live by these hardcore definitions. It has to be uh, as I commonly taunt you with a one or a zero, and it yeah. cannot you know they it, they cannot coincide. Yeah, no, uh, I, I, I definitely <laughs> feel. I, I think part of that too is kind of like, uh, you know. It's kind of it's in somewhat of a parallel. Like there's like these these very hardcore say action action porn flicks as they're called, where there's like really nothing happening except for like gun shooting and like flips happening and all and all that kind of uh what what have you and and people really like those and you know they they're the type of people who would be like oh well that's just kind of like brain dead yeah I know brain dead gun sh- gun shooting right and and I think they're like. In video games, there's someone will be like, "No, uh, this is real important stuff, ma." You know, like I, I think this is <laughs> like as, as stupid as this, this comes from a lot of people. Like, no, video games aren't stupid, mom. And when somebody's like, yeah. "Oh, those video games are, are are brainless," right? Like, someone's like, "No, mom was not right." You know, like like th- th- that kind of like. I yeah, and I definitely I definitely agree with you, and I definitely think that like I I totally think that that discussion like from a like culture perspective has been terrible for the culture itself because what what has kind of happened is like people people want to like gamers they want to play critically acclaimed games and they want to play well-regarded games and they want people right to look at them and think about them and say you know oh because i played bioshock you know i i am i am learned right i i am sophisticated right but in the exact same breath Right. They also they like I think I think a big problem uh, from a culture perspective is that people don't want critiques of games. They want reviews of games. Right. A critique like a critique in a classical sense of like, let's evaluate the art of this thing that that doesn't get any hits. You know, nobody nobody reads that article. Right. But this how does it play? Right. Does it have bugs? Are the graphics good? You know, like. It reads like I'm buying a car when I read a review of a game, not like I'm going to a movie. And I think that that's also kind of like another half of it, right? That people want to uh, – they want games to be art like from a sociological perspective, but they don't want them to be art from like an artistic perspective because as soon as they are, uh, they're open to – a lot more critiques than they have been in the past. Sure. And I, I think this is also kind of it, its own can of worms too. Cause like, I think that um, part of, part of this is, is people writing critiques and presenting them as reviews 
Um, and it's kind of, again, a very gut reaction where it's like, you know, you played this game, I played this game, I enjoyed this game. And then Nanny McSassy Pants on the internet said, it's not very, you know, it's not very good in some ways. Like, and, you know, it's like, you know, no, I do not like a bad thing. I like a good thing. And it is good. Yeah. 100%. One of the most important things that ever happened to me in college, uh, that actually happened to me in a classroom, um, was we were talking about, we were talking about a movie, you know, we had just watched this film and I hated this film. And another classmate of mine really liked the film. And we argued about it pretty extensively for maybe like 10 minutes or so. And then the teacher more or less – or the professor more or less interrupted us and she just said, this is really important when we're talking about art. So let me just like let this thing sink in. But two people can look at the same movie and come to radically different conclusions about its quality and neither is more right than the other, right? And I think that that really – you know, that's that's a big thing about talking about art. You know, there's no right answer when it, when it comes into art. Everyone has biases. Everyone has tastes. Everyone th- – you know, like – I think the new Star Wars movie has a lot of flaws, and I talk about those flaws a lot. And I have plenty of people who, you know, I don't want to spoil the movie for anybody, I guess, who hasn't seen this movie, even though it's about to be the biggest movie of all time. You know, um, there are things about this movie that I think are bad characterization, and that my my friends say, no, no, that's good characterization, and vice versa, right? Because we're coming at it from different perspectives, and and I think that that's, like, that's something that gets so lost in gamer culture. Uh, it can only be good. It can only be bad. I think, like, Metacritic is, like, oh, it's garbage. I hate it so much. And the the idea of, you know, like, the, the toxicity of review scores comes directly out of this phenomenon, yeah, and, and and you know, not 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 to kind of touch the 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 kind of the 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 kind of debates that kind of rage in this in this world of of video game criticism, but I think that part of it too is that there are people, not necessarily people writing these critiques sometimes, but not but like there are people that will look at these and will. Um, say nasty things, um, to, to put it lightly, to other people based on something that was said in a critique or a review somewhere, um, and yeah. I think that, like, th- I think that's that's just a, a poor thing for the for the fandom as as, as a whole type of type of deal, um, and I think that's kind of important. And I, I think, uh, funnily enough, we, we've kind of gotten off track about less. It, this is less about what is what are games and more about like. What do people think games are? Which I think is is is, is a very interesting conversation because I, th- I think that's I think that's ultimately where this discussion comes from, right? Like, ultimately, I don't think it's important that you know what you know what you or I thinks a game is, or what Mark thinks a game is, or what Monik or Akshay thinks a game is. Um, I think it's 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 kind of like you know why do people think these things, and and is are are there are there important things to kind of explore about that? Yeah, I, I definitely. Yep, I, I, I think agree that's why with you com- wholeheartedly. I think that's kind of why this conversation is, has has gone this way. I you know, and I also think that it's you know this these are these are the building blocks of culture, and uh, I don't think that you know culture really resists categories and categorization. You know what I mean, like. You, I, I could write just as compelling a, you know, think piece on why the 90s suck 
as why the 90s are great. You know what I mean? Like, from a cultural perspective. Because it's just, like, it's such a massive, massive thing that you, you, there's no way to talk about the literal entirety of it in any conceivable way without leaving some things out, right? And then as soon as you start leaving stuff out, that means that all of the stuff that you elected to put in is all of a sudden way more important. And because, you know, the network of things that you put in bounce off one another in such a way, it it warps the, the, the perception of this kind of stuff. Uh, I think this is, this is a big problem, or not like a problem, but like I think it's a big phenomenon that happens when it comes to games in terms of people talking about eras, right? Um, I think people forget the shittiness of the Nintendo era, and so in the present time, they see shittiness as it happens, and they compare and they say, oh, fucking games have been going downhill ever since, you know, the N64 kind of thing, right? And that's just like, it's really lamentable. Yeah, no, I I, I mean, I think that's that's... That's, that's kind of true for all mediums, still, right? Like, you, you remember... Oh, yeah. Oh, certainly. Dude, okay. You have not... Yeah. I, I really enjoy, you know, like, I really enjoy reading up on film stuff and reading up on TV stuff and reading up on whatever. But it is so insufferable to hear people talk about the death of cinema because things aren't like they were in the 1970s. You know what I mean? Like... It's like, yeah, a bunch of really good movies came out at that time and directors kind of got had d- didn't have as much of a leash. And, the, you know, like it was kind of a perfect storm of economics to create a lot of really big, high profile movies that are also very, very good. But that doesn't make the, de- the decade any better, you know, than like the other ones. Right. It's just it just looks like that because of uh, the way that, you know, we've been conditioned to kind of look at it. And it's just uh, I hate that shit. And the, and the other half of that is that like the mediocre and the light dretch gets forgotten. Right. Like the only things that get remembered are the very, very good. And then like the so abysmally awful that they kind of leave their mark in, in their badness. Right, like, yeah, I know, man. It, it's like always, you know, people talk. It's very hard to be that bad type. People of talk about superhero fatigue, and I can't help but just be like, was there Western fatigue in the fifties? Because there were a billion fucking westerns that came out. Was there, you know, like was there crime, you know, like fatigue in the seventies? Was there like, uh, you know. Eight, you know, like the eighties the action hero, like the Rambo action hero, was there that fatigue in the eighties? It's like no, th- these things don't exist. Yes, the good superhero movies come out, bad superhero movies come out, a dozen of them, you know, come out in the span of however many years, but these rates are the exact same rates as other genres. It's just that superheroes have kind of chameleoned their way in in the past fifteen. And it's you know Yeah, no. Uh, the same thing is true for games by the way because i mean nobody everybody remembers mario and sonic but nobody remembers all of the garbage platformers that came out you know and uh, you know i remember playing them because they're the kinds of games that your mom buys for you uh kind of thing but like god they were so bad yeah no absolutely um and yeah no i just i think that's 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 pretty pretty straight true right like everybody remembers uh et on the atari but nobody remembers any of the other junk like maybe pitfall because that was hard and i don't know yeah i'm trying to think what other like super this is like famous atari games besides that well there's also like i think the atari games also kind of get a little bit like subsumed in the arcade you know 
Yeah, I, I'm so, pretty yeah, sure. There's there's the first bit, like the time for history. Listen, kids, but like everything pre the first crash is kind of like pre history to most video game people, especially of of, of our age. Um, yeah, you know, like which, which I think it, I think it really to. colors. I think it really colors people our age. Uh, like for instance, you and I have a very different perspective on video games, and I think that comes up a lot because you started way younger than i did you know i didn't my first game system was a game boy color and it was pokemon but my first real system where i had a lot of games and a lot of time to play them was the playstation 2 so like my you know the the formative years of my game playing were focused on ps2 and early pc gaming well not early pc gaming but like you know turn of the turn of the millennium pc gaming uh whereas you know yours or like you know for instance akshay with with street fight like street fighter is a huge game for him because of his history for it yeah. uh and i think that that stuff really colors people's perceptions on on it i agree i i agree 100 percent um So I'm going to – not to throw another wrench into here, but I just I really want to, like, unpack this a little bit. We mentioned a couple of weeks ago that Roger Ebert doesn't think games are art. Do you know Roger Ebert's argument, like, the argument that he made that isn't um, just I – haven't, I haven't read it if in a long time, a very long time, so please. So I think this is, I think this is really interesting. Roger Ebert says that games cannot be – uh, high art specifically is what he goes for because they cannot be the expression of uh, of an author, right? High art necessitates a, a like brick wall between author and audience and by their very nature there is no there is no brick wall for games, right? There's no such thing as a game that doesn't uh, that doesn't have, or that does have that that wall, right? Like at some point, like you take command of the controller, and even if you go through like the most you know railroady of railroads, like The Walking Dead or kind of whatever, right? You 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 break that brick wall, which breaks your ability to have uh, to have like high art. How do you feel about that that definition in general? Um, I'm gonna say I don't like it, but I. Uh, definitions of art is is that's that that might be like above my pay grade right because like i <laughs> just it, it, it's very kind of like i i think i'm i am more more uh what's the right way to put this i'm i'm more pedestrian than you when it comes to the the kind of like high film criticism that's and whatnot probably, yeah um given that I, I given that you you know have from. have like like half a degree in it or a full degree in it and i have like a computer science degree um uh that you know i'm I'm not i'm just not gonna have that same kind of insight as you do but like that kind of like one nothing's like you know when when i when you re- when you read that to me right nothing like my immediate reaction is like why does high art have to have this brick wall like why is that kind of presumed to be necessary and like is what what about high art makes that true and what 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 does he mean by high art as opposed to i don't know like medium art (laughs) yeah Uh, i feel i feel that um, uh the the i think the kind of interesting thing that i always kind of focus on is i feel like games are very lacking in artists in general right like you know like i 
Okay, so Mass Effect 2 is my favorite game of all time, right? And the project director for Mass Effect 2, because the, the terminology for this shit is garbage, is Casey Hudson. Is Mass Effect 2 Casey Hudson's game? Well, it's about, you know, like, we just kind of haphazardly assign it to, like, the shotgun blast of... Oh, it's a Bioware game. But, like, there's also no guarantee that the same people are working there, right? Like, famously, after The Walking Dead Season 1, like, came out and was a huge hit, right? And, uh, you know, it won Game of the Year that year, which was in 2012 and everything. Literally everyone on the team left. And then Telltale kept putting out games, right? But so, is... It's it just, it's this really nebulous concept in, in gaming culture that I find ridiculously interesting. Yeah, because, like, like, you know, there, there are some things that kind of, you can tie into those, right? Like, uh, like Undertale, Toby Fox, that that's his, that is, that is probably his game, right? Like that, yeah, that, that, definitely. Um, but I think for most games, especially even, even the well-regarded ones that are kind of high, like, you know, the, you know, there's, there's the director, there are the game designers. There's, you know, part of this is, you know, as you said, like, even if we don't agree that uh, about the importance of gameplay, gameplay is like, like the relative importance of gameplay. Gameplay is a piece of this, you know, like, are the designers of those subsystems, how responsible are they for this game being great because the systems feel smooth? How responsible are the programmers for programming it so that it's it's, it's smooth, right? Like, how responsible yeah. are the testers for making sure you don't hit that kind of... um that kind of dis uh what, what's what's the uh what's what's for, for not hitting a suspension of disbelief breaking glitch of some sort um and, and you know i i think you know maybe it's easy to cut out some of like some of those people right like in the same way that you say like well you know the, the man the person manning the camera is probably not responsible or as as responsible as the director in a movie but i think those those kind of responsibilities get kind of divvied up in a much broader way than like i think it's much less pyramidal than in your typical movie does that make sense to you yeah i i have no idea how to parse that really in my own mind i have because even even the ones that are like famous right like sid meyer right everybody knows sid meyer right everybody can think of uh uh can think of the name of one you know, one specific guy who gave a talk at a GDC, but, like, it, it's really nebulous to talk about uh, and to understand um, to understand it. I think the big, the big thing, the big difference, I do agree that there's a difference between film and video games, but I think it's because um, film worked its way into that. Uh, very early films were not this way at all. They were very assembly line productions, right? Um, but as things like uh, the French New Wave and auteur theory came about, right, directors kind of co-opted more and more power, and the film-based studio system that we have today is very conducive to talking about directors as artists, uh, because they very much are right just in the way that like hierarchical the industry is structured but because games weren't birthed out of movies the, the same thing is true by the way of tv right because tv gets birthed out of movies and now you have showrunners who are the same thing right community is the is dan Harmon is the artist behind community right um but games didn't come from that environment like in right. like 
industry speaking. They came from Silicon Valley tech companies, right? Um, and yeah, there's a bunch of, you know, there's a couple of game developers that like look like Steve Jobs uh, to a certain extent, right? You know, like, uh, um, you know, like Morello at Riot maybe, right? Th- those, the, But like, it's just it's structurally they're so different that it's like comparing apples and oranges. Yeah. Um, man, I, I have a really, I have a really tough time with, uh, with this thought, but it's just like, it's something that I do think about a lot because, um, I, I, I feel like game history is in a really big, has like, there's like a big danger of, you know, people just throwing out games and us losing track of games, uh, and not being able to find them, not being able to replay them. Right. Like that's kind of, that's a, that's a yeah, that's a shame. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I, I think it's. I think it's a. It's, I don't. I, I, I don't. The, the other part of this is is I don't think that there's necessarily a need or a desire to kind of move to that kind of a format where it's 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 you know controlled by weapons. I, certainly, I think there's room for those types of games. Like I said, um, Undertale with Toby Fox, I think is 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 in large part due to his singular vision on that game. But I don't think you can create the kind of like length, like you know, like kind of like epic style of game that you can get with with a with a team, um, in that kind of format. Um, oh, I kind of disagree with that. Well, I don't really think I yeah I don't necessarily know that I think like film or whatever is the best structure for it. But I do think a better structure is kind of required, and that a lot of the industry pains that we hear about, that we see, that we talk about, um are because these companies are built on a model that is not suited for the products they produce. If that makes sense. Um, I, you know, I don't, I, I don't know. It's really, it's really tough to, to kind of parse it because this is, uh, people who work in movies are very, very used to being freelancers, but people who work in tech are not. Right. And so the idea that like I'm I'm a developer and I freelance from project to project, from game to game, that feels shitty because of what I because of what the structure kind of demands of me. But it doesn't have to be plenty of people make their living by by doing kind of freelance movie to movie, project to project thing. And I think that's just as like kind of valid structure as uh, as, you know, any other um, and that I, I feel like games will kind of rest on their own unique version of this. Uh, structure that is going to be pretty radically different from what we have today. Oh, sure. Uh, maybe. I, I was more speaking to, to the kind of like the single author type of... Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, specifically. Then, but yeah. I, you know, I, I, I could... I'll just take that thought and go... No, no. Yeah, the no, opposite direction. I, 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 think, I think that's fair. I, I think, <laughs> I, 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 like, the more you say it, right, like, a kind of format where, like, you know, um, you know, a, a big publisher kind of accepts like a a a game synopsis i don't like and then then you assemble kind of your team and you work on that game and you kind of uh kind of disperse after that that'd be radically different and i don't and you know i don't necessarily think that's bad i think that's an interesting thought experiment at the very least and yeah, and it's it's obviously not. It, this doesn't work for like it doesn't work for Riot. This doesn't work for Blizzard. But that's because Riot and Blizzard aren't making one-offs uh almost all of their games are longevity based right like you're supposed to play league of legends for years uh and i think that a lot of that kind of movement 
uh, so to speak, in games. And, and this, you know, we've talked a little bit about this, but that this movement away from these kinds of games bugs me. But, like, the one-and-done kind of games, like your Mass Effect 2s, like your uh, Deus Ex Human Revolutions, um, because they are not built for the structure, it's, like, they're almost kind of going away to a certain extent compared to the World of Warcrafts and uh, and the League of Legends, which are very much built for that structure because it's a constantly generating uh, you know, new content for yeah. an ongoing kind of thing. I, I, think, I don't know, I man. Think, it's I really it's un- really weird. It's also way above our pay grades. I, I think I think unfortunately part of that is is less about art and more about economics. Um yeah, which, definitely. which you know is, is always part of the equation even even in even in your movies and your and your and your books that like the, the the economics of selling of selling enough copies um or like generating enough revenue um but kind of drifting away from that and kind of uh drifting into a little bit more about like what games this games uh what, what are the meaning games what games mean and I kind of want to ask you this. I, 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 I'm hesitant because I don't want it to kind of devolve it into nitty-gritty, but it's been kind of, like, it's kind of been sitting on my mind since we started this cast. Um, just kind of this very kind of basic question is about, um, about, uh, like, where kind of, like, uh, what, what kind of, you know, in a very basic way, what makes this, what makes a game... A game as it kind of relates to, the, to this classical kind of point of, of of walking simulators um and like interaction and is there a line right like there's the, the thing that brought this up to me is that um uh during the steam sale you to get your free cards you go through your discovery queues and you mark things and i don't know why but for whatever reason um steam decided to show me every single sakura title which um if, <laughs> if you are not familiar for those at home they're basically softcore porn uh, visual <laughs> novels, um, and they're only softcore because they are on Steam and they do not allow hardcore titles. But that's 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 its yeah. Are, is it uh, yeah? I isn't I, I thought like the the hardcore version of that game. The hardcore version of the game is the game I know. Uh, um, when I when I say softcore, I mean like they don't allow full nudity on Steam. Right, um, I know, I know, but I know those games as the games you buy to get the full nudity <laughs> yeah um because i think i guess you could like patch it or maybe if you buy it from a different service yeah that's, uh, uh, that might be it but um th- this kind of popped into my my head because those games are visual novels um and in the kind of less uh less um less uh scandalous version you know something like say a, a phoenix right kind of falls into this kind of visual novel category um and i think these like these types of games kind of skirt the the kind of edge of what is kind of like a an interactive like what is what is a like you know a comic book read on a tablet right like you you you're just hitting the button like you're hitting the button to flip the page um and at what point is that um at, w- at what point does it transform into this kind of realm of of, of gaming um, if if you can if you can venture a, a kind of a, a guess maybe. Um, so my personal philosophy about media is uh, about so so media comes media is the plural 
form of the word medium, right? And medium is, you know, it's not, you know, long, medium, short. It's a medium between two. It's This, this is what a medium is. It's literally a way that I can communicate the amorphous thoughts in my brain to you right? It's, I take these thoughts, I condense them into something real, right? Something in, in the real physical world. And you absorb the, re, the, the thing that's in the real physical world. And, and it releases thoughts in your brain. This is, this is the mechanic of what like baseline a medium is. Um, and how do we interact with the, with the real world? Well, we interact with our senses, right? We have five senses, uh, sight, hearing, uh, touch, smell, and taste, and um, and we have our like like time, right? So, for instance, um, a movie a movie is something that you know it appeals to you visually, it appeals to you auditorially, right? Uh, and a te- and a television show share the same senses, but they are fr- they are fractured in different ways, like temporally speaking you're not meant to consume television in in one way or another kind of thing and so when you start parsing out that definition of medium when you come at it from that perspective the answer of what is a game comes pretty clearly to me in it's uh you know it's something that simulates okay so the other thing i have to explain because this is this is comprehensive i apologize your senses uh your senses aren't always on but they're always used right so if i'm reading a book right and in my book it says harry potter was had black hair right and his robes smelled like mothballs right i am not physically my eyes my physical eyes are not seeing black hair and my nose is not smelling mothballs but my brain knows what those things look like and smell like right and so on one end of this perspective you have or one end of the spectrum you have active senses like sight and like sound um so i actively see in the harry potter movie i actively see daniel radcliffe as harry potter right my eyes are physically seeing that um and i'm actively hearing daniel radcliffe's voice as harry potter right um but in the book my mind is making that stuff up. And so this is the difference between active and inactive senses. Uh, inactive senses are when, you know, in your mind's eye, in your mind's nose, you you are sensing this thing, right? Games have active are active for your sight, for your sound, and for your touch, right? And that facet of touch is what makes them, like, so fundamentally different because a game is built to utilize, like, it's built to utilize touch as a piece of, um, like an operative piece of it, right? Um, which is to say that, like, the game isn't the 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 baseline litmus test for this is like the game just isn't going to go further unless your control you have your hands on the controller, right? You have your hands on the mouse and keyboard or whatever. Um, whereas, uh, you know, like a movie. The same, the same thing is kind of felt by a remote, but the entire context of that movie doesn't require you to, you, it, like, it doesn't require you to hit the, to hit the remote, right? You hit play, and then the movie starts and ends without you seeing it. Interestingly enough, I think comic books and and book books also kind of fall into this nebulous category because the, the like the as, the aspect of turning the page changes it up. Um, 
this is something that's really unique to comics in general, but the bottom right panel in most comics is almost a mini cliffhanger a lot of the time. Like, scenes in comics are always page by page, right? A good comic has its scene page by page because you don't want to break into, you know what I mean? You don't break into scenes in haphazard ways. That's just not good comic book making. And so, um, anyway, to wrap this kind of like all into its all into its thing, um, visual novels to me, uh, don't really qualify. They they feel much more like that comics side of thing, right? That that flipping the page on my tablet kind of thing, um, and much less like the the Walking Dead uh, kind of thing. The Walking Dead thing, if I'm not there to make those choices, right? The, the fact that the choices exist make it the game, right? Even though I could sit there, not touch the controller, and it would keep going or whatever, I could alter the path of the story by changing which dialogue option I say. If I hit a button or if I don't hit a button, that that's me exerting control on the story. It's me breaking down that brick wall between author, or author and audience. Um, visual novels, you can't really do that, right? And I think that that's kind of the difference. Okay. Um, I, I think I might have some specific, I, I think, I think there's, this, this is me kind of being, I think a little bit deeper into the genre than you. I think there are some, I think that's fair. And I think that there, I, to be honest, by the way, I have no, I've never played a visual novel in my life. I'm just me just going by what I know of them. Yeah. And I, you know, um, I think that some of them have a little bit more choice than others. Um, I think so. Like I, I used Phoenix, right. As an example, Phoenix Wright has has its own like kind of puzzle solving element to it. Um, I think that's that's I think um, I, I think it kind of depends on the particular visual novel. But I, I think you've did a, done a good job of kind of laying down where that kind of line is. Yeah, in. I mean that would that would be a game if, if if there's that puzzle part of it. Well, I'm 100 percent sure. in your in your camp. That sure. should be a game. I, I I think I think you've done a pretty good job of putting you know like I think visual novels as kind of a, a medium kind of straddle that line and I think some of them are on one side and some of them are on the other um and I I think I think you've done a good job putting a putting a line down uh as and I think I think I can mostly agree with it um something that that, that kind of pops into my head is kind of a, res a result of that um we touched on this briefly before but you, you know you, you said that part of what, what's important about making say um The Walking Dead a uh uh, a game is is this choice and we've talked before about kind of like the illusion of choice and if you think it's a good choice in them or if you think you're making a, a meaningful choice in the moment it still counts um my question to you would be then if you know moving into if going into the experience you knew that your choices didn't make a difference because some outside source informed you does that make it somehow less less of, of a game or less important uh i mean it makes it less good sometimes but also not others i mean i know look i know going into the, the walking dead season one i think was so like successful because those choices felt like they really felt like they they were big big narrative things and you are really crafting your own decision line through that story but anybody who's gone back and replayed it to do like the opposite choices it's really not all that different you know what I mean? Like the the same loose ends get wrapped up in different ways, um, and it's not like the the direction of the narrative goes in some like in you know off the wall 
completely different direction, uh, you still end up in the same spot. Um, and you hit kind of all of the big the big pieces along the way. Um, but I've gone into plenty of Telltale games after that. And I, you know, I, I like basically all of their games. I haven't played a Telltale game I don't enjoy. Um, no way, like knowing that that's the case, but I can just kind of lose myself in the experience. It's like going to a Star Wars, you know, like going to the Star Wars movie. I know. I just... You know that the hero is going to be fine. He's going to survive until episode eight. I've been reading these reviews. You know, I, I've been reading all of this stuff. I know that filming for episode eight already started. I know that Mark Hamill is on set, right? I know that I know that Daisy Ridley is on set. There's no doubt in my mind. There's no doubt in my mind whatsoever that Daisy Ridley's character, that Luke Skywalker, are going to make it out of episode seven alive, right? But I'm still with it because in the moment... The scene is crafted such that, yeah, I'm a little bit worried that she's gonna that she's gonna die. You know what I mean? And I think that that's that's kind of just like the magic of being, you know, like being in the thing. And the, the magic of being a player of a game is I can just I feel like these choices matter so much, even though intellectually, you know, outside of it, I know they don't. Also, by the way, uh, I don't really think it makes it any more or less game in general. Uh, it's just different, you know, different aspects of it or whatever. I think that's fair. It's just something that, that kind of popped into my head um, along the way. But yeah, yeah, because even super railroady experience, like you know, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, it's a railroad from beginning to end. There's really, you know, there's not. It's, you don't have narrative choice. The choice you have there is gameplay, right? Right. The the second to second, how do you beat this challenge that we've thrown at you with the systems and the tools at your disposal? That's the choices. Those are the choices that you're making in, uh, you know, in a sure. Call of Duty game. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Huh. But but yeah, I don't know. Man, I love talking about. It. I could do I could do like eighty podcasts on this stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I think yeah, we've, I, we've, we've covered this pretty thoroughly. I think I think rather than what do games mean, I think maybe more appropriate is the meaning of games. How, how do you feel about that? Yeah, that makes uh, that makes a lot of sense to me, man. All right. Well, uh, I think I think we've we've explored this topic enough for one week. So, so uh, did you, did you have anything you wanted to mention before? Uh, uh, well, we feel free to uh, watch us discuss the meaning of tabletop games uh, Mondays uh, for Rise of the Nords, Mondays at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, uh, and Tuesdays for Iron Gods at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Soon enough, that'll that'll change to Hell's Rebels. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I am too, actually. Um, but, and yeah, um, you can, if you think... If you have strong opinions on the matter and want to tell us why we're wrong, you can email us at somederpsplaygames at gmail.com. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, you should also join our Facebook group. Um, with, oh, yeah, we do have a Facebook group. That's, yeah. a, that's a true thing. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. The strongest, this is the strongest outro we've ever had. Yep. By, 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 by all means. Uh, farewell, dear listeners. Yeah, farewell. <laughs>